Thank you for joining me for today's edition of Tell Em Tip Told You. Oh my gosh, I have a lot to talk about. We have got to talk about Serena Williams and this foolish cartoon that's been put out that just reduces her to racist imagery. Um, I want to talk to you a little bit about what it means to be a black woman today. I've talked about this before, but today is, is extremely at the fore of my mind. So I, I just want to go there. Ready? Let's go. Till I'm tiptoed you. Dot com. The podcast about pop culture, black history, and spirituality. Yeah. It's about to be a great vibe. Dr. Tip. Gonna take it away. Till I'm tiptoed you. So if you guys have been paying attention to the U.S. Open this week, then you watched quite a frustrating final um, between Serena and Naomi. Um, Naomi played her tail off, and she played very well. Um, And we know who Serena is, but the umpire in that, (laughs) he took the game away from both of them because neither of them, can definitively say, I would have won except that, right? Um, He just, he ruined the moment for both of them. But that's neither here or there. Let's talk about how he and why he ruined the the moment. There is something that continually happens to black women, and that is when we express ourselves in any kind of way, then we are seen as angry and aggressive, It's amazing to me. That's why I'm not into respectability politics because it it almost doesn't matter what you say or how you say it. You're going to be perceived as angry if you stand up for yourself. And that's by and large because most people in this world are socialized uh, to believe that we exist solely for their pleasure and for their, their benefit. And when we stand on our own two feet and we refuse to be um, tokens of their needs, um, over our own, they can't handle it. And, and they lash out. And I think what we saw the umpire do was completely come unhinged. Um, because let's, let's be clear that emotion doesn't always manifest physically, right? He was obviously unhinged in that moment because he did what he, what a person would normally not do. He was, his emotions were high, um, she got the flack for being emotional, but he had to have been emotional to, for his judgment to be expressed the way that it was. He took that match away from both of them. Let's talk about Serena's grace, though. Despite what had to be her anger and frustration, which she articulated very clearly and very well, right? Um, she still had the grace to protect another sister, right? Naomi is getting booed during what should have been her moment. And Serena, as her sister, uh, gave her comfort and protected her. I think all of us can learn a lesson there. Um, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it because I really want today's episode to be brief. I want to get straight to the point. I have a a story to tell you, and then I'm going to jump off because I still have some unpacking to do. I think I'll go more deeply into this probably in the next week or so, but you know how I feel about think pieces that come out the day something happens. I really need to sit with some things uh, before I 
voice everything I want to voice, but the moment was too high and I got too much feeling in this not to say anything at all about um, what happened today. So in response to the match, it, it is disgusting to see some social media feeds and to see, you know, I try to stay away from the comments on news articles, but, you, you know, it's hard. It's hard. And I am frustrated in the comics of a lot of um, articles about the Open because they're blaming Serena for defending herself. <clears throat> and it is a very sexist, very racist way she is being attacked. And I can't think of a better example of how it is racist and sexist than for you to look at Mark Knight. That's K-N-I-G-H-T. He's on Twitter as at Knight Cartoons. So the at symbol, K-N-I-G-H-T Cartoons. Um, and this disgusting cartoon that he published in the Herald Sun on today um, that depicts Serena as some, it almost looks like a beast, an angry beast jumping up and down on her racket. And it invokes every racist stereotype of the Sambo Mammy caricature that it can. And then not only did Knight do that, but in the background of that same cartoon, he depicts Naomi as a blonde haired white woman, a sister who almost every interview has to correct people to make them acknowledge the fact that she is Haitian. She considers herself Haitian Japanese, right? She puts the Haitian first. <laughs> but he has chosen to depict her in that way. So in, in, this, in this cartoon, he has disrespected not one, well, let me not, I was going to say two African women, but no, he has disrespected all of us. All of us by erasing the Africanity of one and presenting the other as some kind of beast. Let me tell y'all something. Um, Black Girls Rock came on last night, and I am so glad that that is a thing, because we need more consciously as black women. This is for black women. Today, this, today's episode is for black women. I'm sorry. If, you, if, you're, if you're a brother and you're listening, or you, you know, you're an ally and you're listening, I appreciate it. Uh, but today I'm speaking to my sisters. We have got to be more deliberate in celebrating one another, in celebrating one another's beauty, our power, our strength, and encouraging one another to stand in our truth and to speak boldly in the face of this kind of marginalization and misrepresentation. Because I'm not sure who has our back in the same ways that we do. I posted a couple of weeks ago on my Instagram stories, uh, encouraging folks to be their own cheerleaders. And I meant that, you know, in a very general sense, I think everybody should be their own best cheerleader because like I said, nobody knows what you're up against the way that you do. And I think for black women, we, we know by now it's, it's not new for us. This shit ain't new. We know by now that we are the ones who've got skin in this game. And as such, we just got to take care of each other. We all we got. We're all we got. Um, I wanted to tell a, a quick little story. 
Um, but before that, let me talk about what happened to Serena and Naomi in that cartoon today. Well, what happened to them on the court? Um, what has since happened to them in the court of public opinion? And what has happened to them in that cartoon depiction today? Is the same kind of erasure that Mama Aretha faced as some jackass stood over her to eulogize her and found everything that he could say wrong about what it meant to be a black woman and single raising children. Um, all of that ties together for me. And when some of you know, especially those who, you, who know me personally, when I'm in my emotions, when I'm angry and frustrated, I tend to turn to uh, the things that give me solace and peace. It's either my spiritual traditions or black literature, or in this case, it's both. So I'm Lukumi. I'm a Lukumi devotee. Some people call, mistakenly call it Santeria. I don't worship no saints, so I uh, refer to myself as Lukumi. And Lukumi, our sacred text is known as Odu Ifa. It's an oral text of over 256 books with over 256 verses in each book. It's an incredibly vast uh, collection of Yoruba literature. And in the Lukumi tradition that came by way of Cuba, we tend to call the moral tales that are found throughout Odu Ifa Pataki. So I'm going to share with you my favorite Pataki. It comes from the Odu Oshetura. Um, and I'm going to take some license with it because I think... This is how it's supposed to be told today. So in Oshay Tura, we get the beginning of the world. We witness Olofi or Olodumari, our name for God, the creator. We witness it uh, create the, the earth. And to do so, it sends a group of Orisha to earth, sacred deities uh, to earth to, not to earth, but down from heaven to create earth and to populate it, right? And before it dismisses those sacred deities, the Orisha from heaven, it blesses each of them with a particular power from itself. And so they come down and they create what we now know as earth. And they each had these powers uh, given to them by the Most High. So Obatala, the Orisha, the patient Orisha, the cool Orisha, the Orisha of wisdom and intellect. Shango, Kabo, Kabiosili, the Orisha of male virility and sexuality, righteousness and justice. Ogun, the Orisha of uh, ironworking and war. So we, we get these Orisha coming to earth, uh, coming down to create earth, right? And for a season, everything is going well. The humans are revering the Orisha as they should. The Orisha are using their powers to maintain peace and prosperity on earth. And then one day, things start to go horribly wrong. The crops start dying. People are getting sick. The women are no longer having children. Rivers are drying up. People are in despair. And they go to the Orisha and they say, hey, 
We've been doing everything you told us to do. We've been revering you. We've offered all kinds of sacrifices to you all. We give you our honor and our respect. We're trying to practice good character. All of the things you asked us to do, we're doing. And yet and still, our world is thrown into chaos. Can you help us? And the Orisha call a meeting and they sit amongst themselves and they can't figure out what's going on. So they confront Baba Shango and they say, listen, the women are having babies. And Shango is saying, no, it's not the men. You know, their sperm is working, they're fertile, and they're doing what they're supposed to do with their wives. I don't know why they're not having children. And then they ask Ogun why his tools are breaking in, in the fields. And Ogun says, I don't know. I'm making them the same way I always have. And so one by one, each of them says, I'm using my power in the best way I know to do, in the ways I've always done. Things just aren't working the way they're supposed to. And Eshu, quite the trickster, always watching, says, I think it's time to go back to heaven and ask Olofi what's wrong. And so Obatala, the wise one, agrees. And they all go back to heaven. They sit at the feet of God and they ask for help. We're doing everything you told us to do. We're using all the powers in the way that you told us to use them. And things still aren't doing what they're supposed to do. Things aren't working the way they used to work. There is chaos abroad and we can't figure it out. And while they're talking, Alofi starts to count them. You're asking for my help, but I'm noticing that somebody's missing. I sent more of you down there than this. Where is Oshun? And they start looking around each other in shock. And then they turn and incredulously ask, Oh, you mean the young girl you sent with us? Oh, she's just a young girl. We, you know, we didn't know, we didn't ask her anything. We came straight to you. And Olofi says, yes, but I gave each of you a power. Something that was needed to make the earth work the way it was supposed to work. Did anybody stop to ask what her power was? And they just sit wide-eyed because, it's, you know, at this point they realize that they, they've made a boo-boo, Right? So Alofi says, I gave her the power to make life worth living. Long story short, they all have to go beg Oshun's forgiveness, and it is she who puts the world back into order again. I get a couple of lessons from that story. First, when you are walking in your purpose, when you are doing everything that you were supposed to do, when you're using all the talents and gifts that God gave you, you don't have to be loud about it. Sooner or later, people will be forced to pay attention. Here's the other thing I walk away from that with. Until this world gets it right by black women, we all going to be in a mess. That's what the Pataki says to me. I'm a child of Oshun. 
And I know that once you offend her, ooh, baby, it's hard to get back on that good side. But when you're on her good side, she will take better care of you than anything else in this universe. I'm a living witness to that. I can testify to that. She ain't no easy way. But when you win her over, baby, you got it going on. And today I'm pulling on all of that because some days it gets really hard to be a black woman. Some, I saw a t-shirt. Somebody had a t-shirt on the other day that said being a black woman is like being black twice. It ain't no easy way either. But I do know this. We are made in the image of Oshun, of Yemoja, of Oya, of all of these beautiful female deities. They teach us how to walk in this world assured that we have a purpose. We are here for a reason. And we have been given the strength and the talents and the power to change this world. We can put it right side up because right now some shit is upside down. We can put it right side up. But I, this is Tiffany now. I believe it's going to require us turning inward. Us turning inward, putting our head down, working together, and doing what the hell we know how to do. It doesn't mean begging someone for their respect. Fuck them. Maybe I should have said that nicer, but you know I don't believe in respectability politics. I just had to get on here today and say that. I had to share that pataki in case it touches someone else. Um, I don't think it's a coincidence that all this stuff happened when Yemoja and Oshun were being celebrated in the Lukumi tradition. Their feast days were this week, this past week. I don't think that's a coincidence that they're reminding us of who and what they are at the time when who and what we are is being so vilified and misrepresented in the media. It doesn't matter what they call us. It matters what we answer to. Please don't internalize their foolishness. This is for my sisters. Love yourself. And if anybody asks you why, tell them to told you.